It was it was ugly. It was an ugly game from all sides. Yes, it was terrible, dude. I don't even know how to I don't even know how to describe my feelings to Wisconsin Badger basketball anymore. Wisconsin Badger basketball is How would you even describe Wisconsin basketball? Just end it? Like can, 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 enough? Enough's enough? Like they have one more opportunity to get a regular season win against number 5 Iowa on Sunday. But check this out. The Badgers are now 10 and 9 in Big 10 play. They don't have a win against a conference team with a winning record. They've now fallen to 0-7 against teams higher than them in the standings. And what's number five, Iowa, Rowdy? Well, they got a winning record. They're ahead of them in the standings, uh, and they're just better. Did you, by the way, speaking of the Big Ten in basketball, did you see the latest uh, tournament projections? Uh, I, I was going to look today on air and surprise myself. What is it? Yeah, so... Of the four one seeds, they now have two one seeds in Michigan and Illinois, as in Joe Lenardi last night. Yeah. And they now have two two seeds in Iowa and Ohio State. <laughs> and what a fun I remember Badgers. at the beginning of the year when the Badgers were up there being talked about like the Illinois, like the Iowas. They were supposed to be right in that uh the Badgers were ranked sixth thick in the of nation. the top of the Big Ten. They were ranked sixth in the nation. All right, I got uh, bracketology up right now. Uh, I'm looking at on the bubble. Thankfully, I don't see the Badgers on the bubble, but out of the Big Ten, let's see here. Last four in, Michigan State, Seton Hall, Drake, Xavier. First four out, Boise State, Utah State, St. Louis, Duke. Next four out, Indiana, SMU, Memphis, Syracuse, whatever. Uh, let's see here. Where are the Badgers on this list? Rutgers is a nine seed. Maryland is an eight seed. Purdue just moved up to a four seed in this one. Well, if Maryland's an eight seed right now, Maryland could finish with a better record than the Badgers. Yes, Iowa. Like Rowdy said Iowa's a two seed. I have not. Illinois is the one, like you said. Michigan, the one, like you said. Where in the world is Wisconsin on here? All right, I'm going to find Wisconsin because I don't see them on the list right now. Uh, Rowdy, but looking at Wisconsin, did you see where they fell last night when you were looking at them? I think they were a six. A six. All right, I'm looking here. I'm, I'll, I'll try and effort this a little more. Uh, but let's react a little bit to last night. Last night, it, it, I mean, Rowdy, you bet on Purdue to win the game or to cover the, what was it, minus two? Would it close at? Yeah, it closed at two. But you got it at negative minus Yeah, we took it at one, one and, and a half, half this uh, yesterday morning. Purdue wins by four. I mean, it was a, it was a brilliant bet by Nelly. We had. Um, was it really brilliant? Well, it was like taking candy from a baby, actually. <laughs> it, no, it was a brilliant bet because of, you know, of just how easy it was, I guess. Sometimes. Like, you know, sometimes there's that bet staring you in the face that just seems too easy. You're like, I don't know about this. We but, still haven't lost a Wisconsin yeah, game that we've bet on. Tell the people how you bet on Wisconsin. We're 2-0 we and o betting on Wisconsin. We're 2-0 and o betting against Wisconsin. <laughs> so and that, that equates the to 4-0. Yeah, the latter part of the season, it's just come to that. Yeah, it's it's it was it was everything. Here's Wisconsin, a six seed. Yeah, okay, here you go. Wisconsin in Region 2, a six seed, allegedly, right now. Yeah, but that that's... Take, for right now. Right now, because they're going to lose to Iowa. They're taking on 11th-ranked Georgia Tech in the uh, first opening round here of the NCAA tournament. Well, I'm looking at this bracketology by uh, Joe Lunardi. So, well, I mean, we're going to react to this. We're going to talk about this. But last night was just <sighs> what a lean forward right at the end of half there, putting the basket in to make it a two-point game. And then the Badgers took the lead a little bit What in the in the second half. And then at the end, what it was? It was the star of the show, a seven foot four freshman, Zach Eady, for the Purdue Boilermakers, who was just eating. And he's he, not even the star of the team. No, he had a career high twenty one points, eight 
for 11 and grabbed seven rebounds, while the other freshman, Jaden Ivey, had 18 yeah, points. That kid's nice. These are two freshmen, Rowdy, beating up on a senior-laden Wisconsin Badger basketball team. You st- tell me the stat that on air now, now that we don't have the stupid echo. About the freshmen, the oldest and the youngest. Oh yeah, P- Purdue was the youngest team in in uh, college basketball. Wisconsin was the oldest. Guess who looked more poised down the stretch? The youngest, the youngest team. team. The Purdue Boilermakers. It, it, it's I don't even know. I don't even know anymore uh, what to say about this team. It's this. It's the same thing every time. They can't shoot and they can't play down low. Well, one of the things that I thought that Purdue was going to have a a mismatch on Wisconsin with was down low, right? Yeah. Travion Travion Williams is the the big, powerful big man down down low for the Purdue Boilermakers. Well, he was in foul trouble quite a bit. He missed quite a bit of shots, especially early. He only finished with 9.7 rebounds, and I wouldn't say looked anything too special. Yeah. That was a guy coming in that averaged about 16 points and nine boards. So for the most part, you'd say that they they played pretty well against him. Guess what? The seven foot four lurch from Purdue, who by the way, Purdue always seems to have. They always one have of that them. guy. They always have the lurch. He comes off the bench as a freshman with twenty one points and seven boards in eighteen minutes. Eighteen minutes. He dominated. He did. He's a and this guy. I mean, this is a Canadian too, by the way. He's from. I don't even know that. He's from Toronto. We got the Canadians punking us. Yeah. How do. How do the Purdue Boilermakers every single year find a guy that's seven foot plus and somehow he's decently coordinated and can catch and shoot a basketball? God, can, can we remember? Was it uh, what? Was it uh, Haas? Yeah, Haas. Haas. There was that. Who was that guy from the Netherlands? Was that Haas? Who was the guy that looked like a vampire? He's not there anymore. He transferred last year. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, Harms. I yep, think it was yep, Harms. Yep. There's always with the H and two A's. Harms. Haas. Uh, they what, always have these huge guys that can play. Woodbury was he in Iowa? He's Iowa. Yeah, he was Iowa. There's who was the other freak show that was like seven two that would that was just for Purdue. Yeah, but to Rowdy's point, yes, they always have some giant freak show looking guy that uh, just lanky and gets it done. This well, the is, biggest thing is when someone's that big and they're trying to post you up down low. Obviously, once they get the ball down low, all they have to do is turn around because you could even see it when he was rebounding. He was head and shoulders above everybody else on the court. Yeah. He was just he was literally just reaching up and grabbing rebounds because he was that much bigger than everybody else. Cuz he's the lurch. But but when you get him to stop someone that big down low, you can't give him that deep of entry passes. Yeah, no, and they allowed him to to be deep in the post posting up so he didn't have to do anything but turn around. The freshman from Canada bodied and dominated the seven foot four Lurch from Canada dominated the senior class of the Wisconsin Badger basketball team. And you know what's sad? Nate Reavers probably played one of his better games yeah. since like December. And it's sad to say it was one of his better games because the guy coming into the season was third team, all Big Ten selection. But also, we're saying it was an okay game from Nate Reavers, and I still saw him on the ground quite a bit. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was bad. <laughs> was Nate Reavers not he, laying he on was. the ground quite a bit? He got knocked over like two or three times it, just from memory. It's it's put put a put a fork in the season, dude. It is just uh, it's bad. It's it's like a labor. It's not even love anymore. You're just laboring to so, watch it. So Nate Reavers and Micah Potter they combined for 22 points and five rebounds. The seven foot four freshman, 18 minutes. Edie in 18 minutes had 21 points, seven rebounds. 
He basically did what both of them did, but in 18 minutes. And this is a freshman. This is a lurch freshman. A guy that a guy that hasn't even. I don't know if you ever really grow into a seven foot four frame. You got to get on like an NBA diet. But Potter and Reavers combined for 40 minutes. He combined for 18, 18 and had 18. just as good a stat. It's insanity, dude. It's nuts. The Badger basketball team it put a fork in her, dude. The fat lady is sung a long time ago. It's over. Badger shot 40.4% from the field. The 11th time in their last 14 games, they've hit less than 41.7% of their shots. And it got it was bad from beyond the arc. 7 for 29. Uh, I mean, they made their first three shots from deep. So when the game started, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, we're hitting the threes looking good. Maybe they're going to, you know, get out of this shooting funk. And then, nope, nope. After that, just brick, 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 brick. We kind of mentioned it with the big men. They got out-rebounded by 10. Mm -hmm. It's hard to win basketball games when you get out-rebounded by 10. Brick here, brick there. Uh, Rick James wrote a song about it, Brick House. That's what the Badgers are building, a freaking brick house. It is. I have comments from Reavers, believe it or not, and uh, Greg Gard will get to. The Badgers have one more chance. To get a signature win Sunday at eleven thirty against the number what five Iowa Hawkeyes. Again, though, let me read these stats before I get to the phones. Badgers ten to nine in Big Ten play still do not have a win against a conference team with a winning record, falling to zero and seven against teams higher than them in the standings. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Ryan from Dodgeville. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> dude, what the hell, man? They just they have no strength down low. Granted, the guy was 7'4", 285. Ryan, you could you uh, could have bodied him up down low, brother. You yeah, could have I mean, done better. Well, I would at least, I don't know. I Boxed don't out, you, you know, front, throw a little weight around? You, yeah, I don't think you can front the post because then they'll just do what <laughs> Illinois does and lob it into their big guy. Ryan, you're like my you're like my size, brother. We could, we could bang down low better than Reavers and Potter, dude. Oh, I would definitely try. I don't care if I foul out. At least, at least you've shown some effort. I would say get the guy to the free throw line, but that Edie had one of the best free throw shooting forms I've seen from someone who's seven <laughs> four. It blows my mind, dude. I can't, I can't even do it anymore. It's, I'm still gonna watch. That's a sad thing, but it's just a labor of love. Do you have any? Do you have any any hope or confidence at all for March Madness? And they'll get to March Madness, but winning in March Madness. Not unless they play a team like Northwestern. Jeez. Those type of teams don't make the NCAA tournament. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it man. Just, it was rough watching the end of the game when both teams were in the double bonus with 10.44 left to oh. go in the second half. The refs the refs and their fouls were just atrocious, too. I, was, I think it was 41 they combined for. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was even just one way. It was both ways calling all just little ticky-tack fouls, too. I know. It's like, dude, it's like, I don't want to watch Badgers this long. Like, can you just swallow the whistle and get this over with? Because I know what's going to happen. They're going to lose. Yeah, like there were some of the times the guys were going down there. All of a sudden, they blow the whistle, and you look at it like, where was the foul? <sighs> yeah, it's tough, dude. Hey, Ryan, uh, yesterday, though, now you're a big Packer guy. Uh, Brian Gutekunst is on the uh, podium talking about they might franchise uh, Aaron Jones. What do you think about that? I almost think you have to unless you're going to try and free up money and get oh, Brian. And draft a running back and send the reins over to 
Yeah. Your range over to AJ Dillon. I don't know. Yeah, a franchise with eight million dollars. If you let him, I think he's going to garner like what they say to Brody, like twelve to fourteen million. Fourteen million on the open market. Yeah. Lufta. How, how much are they over the salary cap right now? I think they're. 10, Last time 10? I looked, it was five point eight. According oh, so to they got it down. Nice five point eight. There you go. They got to restructure a Rogers and like Billy Turner and Devonte and stuff. They can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I think you almost, I think you almost have to keep him because he's is a big part of your offense. He's your second go-to guy. Yeah. Not having a good wide receiver behind Adams. Ryan, you heading to work right now, brother? Yeah. Well, hey, you have a good day, bro. Keep it at 10 and 2 and uh, you know, don't get too upset over the Badgers, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> See you, buddy. <laughs> Rowdy, what are we going to do with this Badger team? Hey, RJ, I mean, Nelly and I have been uh, you know, lamenting over Badger basketball. I said stinks. Nelly said frustrating. Ron also said frustrating. The King said frustrating. Do you have a word to describe that FCC would approve of? Um, of the Wisconsin Badger basketball team? I became emotionally detached. So, <laughs> I like that. Emotionally detached. There, There is no feeling. Like, this is the first time in my history of watching Wisconsin athletics, you know, any sport that I put myself into, that there is no feeling. Like, this team's given up, so I've given up on this team. Can And, and, Nelly, and Nelly had said this, too. Can you think of a time when you've been more disappointed in a Wisconsin Badger basketball team? No. I started watching Badger basketball in about 99-2000. I've never been more disappointed in a team. Yeah, I mean, it's... Same. I can't... I've been proud, like, yeah. every single year. This this, oh, this is... This year you cannot see. This, right. I don't even know what this is. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. We already this. talked about the probably the worst season that we've all went through in the last 20 years was that 2017-18 season, but there was a young team with a lot of injuries and they had excuses yeah. and there wasn't necessarily this i don't know elite eight final four because go yeah what do we think about aspirations Rody, elite eight when the season started the rank six in the elite nation eight is where i thought same that, that would be a good goal same it's rj this one's for you i know we played it before but you yeah. were correct yeah emotionally detached or as we like to call it now we have become with the wisconsin badger basketball team comfortably numb and you look at it, and every time they open their mouths, we're playing for each other. We're we're dapping each other up. No, you're not. Like people have eyes outside of Dave from Monona. <laughs> you can watch this game outside of Dave. And no, you guys are not playing for each other. Well, look at look you at the bench. You guys don't care. The bench yesterday. Great point. Oh my god. There were fouls happening. And guys are like looking towards the stands and laughing at stuff. I think they've They're also not even paying attention. They've become comfortably numb as and well. And yet they say every game that bench is cheering us on. No, they're not. They're sitting on their hands just like the old people in games who don't make noise. Well, we've talked about in other yeah, in other games where it was like off the top of my head, like Maryland's bench was going crazy. Illinois' bench was going crazy. Last night, Purdue's, Purdue's was bench too. was this, going crazy. This is it. I don't think in any game this season I've saw anything from the Wisconsin bench. No, outside of being like after after a press conference where Greg Gard goes, yeah, we got to get him more into the games, and then they stood up. Well, then and when they sarcastically actually, cheered, <laughs> and then when they actually get into the games. They're struggling to hit the rim on free throws. Oh. He, right. he meant he meant invested in the game. Okay, rather we, than just I, I know, but I'm saying once they finally do get in, they don't even look interested. They're, yeah. they're comfortably numb. Let's go to the phones quick. Is this? Uh, I'm gonna get, go on a limb, Chad. You bet. Are you comfortably numb, Chad? Are you emotionally detached? I think it's more uncomfortably numb. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was I was uncomfortable. Now I'm just like I've like I've just settled into the 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 numbness. So I mean, what I can't figure out here is that like, did this team just uh, did they bank on that last year? They won the sectional uh, tournament or. Chad, Chad, they they got a share of the Big Ten. They won the NCAA tournament. Greg Gard came on these airways, proclaimed it so. Uh, in the BPI tournament that was just done on paper, they claimed it so over, what, BYU. They won it on our Twitter poll in March Madness. They won it on another freaking ESPN thing. They won the tournament four times, Chad, and the Big Ten tournament, and the Big Ten. It's insane. So, I mean, it's the same yep, team! That's, that's, that's the way we go. Fantasy. Fantasy basketball. We're oh, good. God. We won. Hang the banner. Hang the banner up. Chad, help me. I I can't rationalize it. But then again, I'm not a 23-year-old kid or however old the seniors are. 22. 22, 23. Are we saying that's kids? Isn't that like young adults? (laughs) The way they're acting? Come on. (laughs) Grow some stones. Oh, it's so bad. Do you have any faith? Do you have any any words uh, FCC approved that you could say about them? Maybe they turned it on. I don't know. It just like, what is it going to take? Are they just? Do they figure they're going to make the tournament? They are and, making the tournament. They'll make the tournament. Yeah. So do they figure they're going to make the tournament? They'll turn it on then. Their seating doesn't matter. Chad, do you think that the Badgers' PR department? needs to hire a firm to disparage their players to start to play well. Oh, like Barcelona? Kind of like Barcelona. <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea. But remember, most of the time, these are just like students or grad students that they got. Well, that... Chad, I don't think they need to hire anyone to disparage them right now. I think, uh, I think, I think that's free online, unfortunately. In well, fact, I, I fa- in know, fact, a couple of weeks ago, Badger, um, and I'm not, I'm not advocating people go talk smack to them, but Badger basketball turned off their comments on Instagram so no one could even comment on their photos. <laughs> not, I'm not even lying. That happened. And I, I, I can understand that. So, so can I, because people are pretty vicious online. They are, and you know, it, it just—it's the part of this whole big thing. I feel like some teams, like. Do you think Green Bay would have lost that game at home if they had a full stadium? I think they would have fed off more of the energy. I don't think there's a chance they lose that game with a full stadium. I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I no, just, no, I, I, I feel dude, like... dude, the, the Badgers and uh, the home court, I know they weren't at home last night, but when it comes to the Cole Center and some losses, if there was crowd a crowd in there, it would definitely benefit the home team. And I think that's what makes Purdue – pretty impressive this season is yeah. the fact that they're now 10 and one at home and their only loss was to number two, Michigan in a, in a season where there's no fans in the stands. So you'd think that uh, your home court advantage wouldn't really be what it is. <laughs> Maybe it's the angles. It's the angles. It's the, it's the angles. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, Chad, help, help us, Chad, help us, help us. I, I can't rationalize it anymore, guys. I, I, I just, I can't. In a year where everybody else has stepped up, it's time for the Badger basketball team to step up. I'm so just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortably numb. No, I'm comfortably numb. I've settled into the numbness. Chad, anything else <laughs> in your mind before we hit this break here, brother? No, I just, I, I had, had to talk about how just upsetting it is. Hey, I'm with you guys. Hey, you go, you go out on Facebook again and start trolling some idiot government officials online, okay? I love it. <laughs> see, see you, buddy. Oh, yeah. See you, man. <laughs> I love it, Chad. You go stir it up online some more. I love it. I love seeing that pop up on my feed. I love it. Nelly got the win last night in the Razor's Edge. Betting um, on Purdue. We won't say against the Badgers. Betting on Purdue. It probably was 
of all the college basketball games, I bet you it was probably the smartest bet of the night, Rowdy. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I bet you it was I the smartest bet of the night because, honestly, it was like taking candy from a baby, wasn't it? Do you remember it? about eh, two minutes before tip we got a text message? Last night? Yeah, last night from uh, Rob Reichel. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was cooking at the time, yeah. So we... <laughs> So, RJ, we get a, a text message and a group message from Rob Reichel going, boys, did you see that uh, Purdue's only a two-point favorite this game? Easiest money ever. Yeah, it's like, take, take, it's like, bet the mortgage on it, dude. <laughs> did you reply back with, thanks for listening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we got uh, the next Rangers Edge coming up. But first, let's go to the phones quick. Who's this? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> hey, Bobby. Doing, uh, I'm confused on the Badger basketball team, or I should say numb on the Badger basketball team, but other than that, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing great. What's this? You're chiseling Mount Notice. And who am I chiseling? Very good. <gasps> Greg Gard. Oh, dude, you are 100% on point today. Okay, well, here's the thing, though, Bobby. If they beat Iowa on Sunday, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they beat Iowa on Sunday, I don't think guard goes on Mount Notice, does he, Rowdy? Yeah, I said said they had to finish 1-5 down the stretch with the only win being in Northwestern, but I'm pretty confident in Iowa. (laughs) Is it time, honestly, is it time that we make the decision that guard is a great assistant coach? He is just not a great head coach. I mean, is it time that you make... That line in the sand. I don't know if I'm there yet, Bob. I think I got to see the rest of the season play out. Bob, I think I'm closer to your camp than the other people in this room. I, see, I like guard. I like guard. That's the thing. But that's where you have to you have to kind of sort out different things. You go, he's a great guy. He does a lot of good things for the community and other things. And then there's winning basketball games. Bob, don't and do this to me right point. now. Don't do this to me right and now, then, Bob. And- what? Don't do this to me right now, Bob. I can't. I can't go through Gardo right now. I'm in, I'm in a tough spot. And then, hey, I got to thank you guys. You gave me Reavers on some clips. Yep. And does that dude sound like the most defeated human being alive? And at least I will give him some credit. He actually tried to be a little bit honest and not just blow all coach speak. And I do appreciate that when they actually like give something that's you know worthwhile to listen to. But yes, Bob, he does sound defeated. But so does everyone else on that Badger team, you know. Well, and have you seen the way they play? And I, I'm sorry, but I got to put this on guard. I mean, you've got the most experienced team, and yet they go out on the floor and they do the exact same thing against the youngest team in the Big Ten. After week against the youngest and, team in the Big Ten. And I feel like there was if there was a different voice, at least we would see some change some shaking up something to make the team look different. Hey, Bobby, how about this? We, we got to hit the break here because we you know we have to break at 7 o'clock, and we're going to get the true winner of Badger bas- or Badger teams, Wisconsin Hockey. Barry Richter, Mark Strobel going to join us next. How about that, Bobby? Oh, that will be very exciting. Send my love to those two boys. You got it, brother. Usually you hear a little backdoor man playing, maybe a little Foo Fighters. Instead, we're going Corey Hart's never Surrender to start this off. Oh, 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 yeah, boys, because we welcome in Wisconsin Hockey Royalty, Barry Richter, and Wisconsin Hockey, also royalty, and associate head coach for the Badger men's uh, hockey team, Mark Strobel will never surrender. What's up, boys? Hey, Ebo, I just put my collar up on my jean jacket right now. (laughs) I, I, I love this song back in the 80s. I still do. I still do. Barry, how about you? Are you flipping up your collar right now? 
pulling up the collar. You guys need some positive vibes, man. I was listening to you on the way to work, man. We need to, we need to get this game, this show going. Well, here's the thing, Barry. Here's what I was thinking. It's like, all right, we started with the Badger basketball team. We bitch a lot about it because it was uh, not good. And then we start the positivity and the confidence just like flowing through our veins when we welcome in at 7 o'clock you two. So how's it going, boys? Let's start with you, Barry. What's up? Oh, it's all good, man. Sun is up, and uh, just got off a nice weekend of, uh, you know, we played in a state tournament for the uh, U14 Madison Capitals and did okay, you know, with uh, what we had. And then just loved watching the Badger hockey team, man. It was on TV, so it's great. It's great to be able to watch it because you just never know. And uh, just fun to see the confidence out there. Um, As you know, it goes both ways, right? You see the basketball team, then you see the hockey team. It's just the hockey team has so much confidence and uh, fun to watch. It is really fun to watch. Well, Barry, you said you're at your office and you're looking over the, uh, you can see the Kohl Center, and you can confirm that the sun is actually shining on it? The sun is shining off the glass on the backside of the Kohl Center (laughs) where the train tracks are. So I'm at Housing Johnson Insurance right now. My man. uh, Coming at you. Yeah, and sun's shining, man, but, uh, you know, I know the sun is shining at Laban no more. Yeah, how about that? So let's say hey, good morning to, Smart, uh, to our guy Mark Strobel. Strobies, what is up, brother? What are you up to right now? You're not even oh, in Madison, are you? Yeah, I'm a shadow in the night. You know, we, uh, <laughs> we we gave the guys a day off, kind of an optional yesterday to just reset their minds and bodies a little bit here toward the end. And so I um, exercised my option to come up last night to watch my son play hockey in Minnesota. And uh, they won 7-5, to five, which was an entertaining game. And... No, I'm sitting at a quick trip in Menominee talking to you guys, and the sun is staring right at me. And you're and eating a breakfast cold. sandwich, correct? I am. I'm having a um, – I got to rate it. I got the Evo scale, the sausage, eggs, cheese, croissant, uh, my first one because I'm going to have two because I need the energy on the drive home, as you know. And <laughs> well, I you like must like it if you're getting two. What's the rating on a yep, 10? I'm, I'm giving it an 8 today. The Ooh. first one was an 8. Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's right around my rating, too, for those strobes is uh, around eight yep. for those breakfast sandwiches. Good stuff. I've seen a few of your videos rating their food in there, and again, I I think you can find some steals in there for sure. It's, oh, you totally can. It's not can. terrible, but it's not probably truly totally healthy, but you're not going to, like, you know, throw up after you're done eating. Hey, strobes, you, you, you eat what you want, work out how you're supposed to, all right? That, so then you can I, get I, away I, with it. You just define moderation of life right there, my man. Yes, indeed. All right, no moderation when it comes to scoring goals for your Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, listen, I just want to go right to Saturday first. Seven to nothing ass whooping? Strobies, Richter, what did we can, – can I, I, I can say that. I don't know if Strobes and Richter can, but I can say it. What do we think of the domination of Saturday, seven to nothing? Uh, Richter, we'll start with you. Well, it was just uh, – I mean, you saw a team that – is just playing at a very high level, scoring at different um, layers of the lineup, and power play. Power play looks uh, looks great. It looks, and when you have a really good power play, snapping the puck around, you know that first line is uh, actually pretty special um, with Vice uh, and uh, Weisbach and Caulfield. The way they are moving the puck together, and the way they uh, cycle, even five on five. Is just it's amazing. So uh, hopefully people are enjoying that because that the way they move, the way they're moving it, they just know where each other are. And then when you get that power play out there, and you got Holloway on that group with Deshaun, I mean it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And I believe they're clipping at over thirty percent, which is just absolutely amazing to have a thirty percent power play. It's incredible. Strobes, now we go to you. You used to work, you know, with Ohio State. You were a coach for Ohio State, the Buckeyes. How did it feel, Strobes? You get that two to one overtime victory on uh, what was that Friday, and then you get the nice seven to nothing bludgeoning. On Saturday, how'd it feel for you? 
uh, it felt great. And again, it was a long time coming. It's been a few years, you know, and they've, we have a lot of respect for their program. They've had a good run there the last few years. And I think truthfully, the, the worm is turning now. And, you know, we put in a lot of time, effort, patience, um, belief, trust, uh, culture buildup, um, culture change. And, um, you saw it pay off this weekend. And, um, again, I think what, you know, to Barry's point too, you know, teams again playing us right now probably have to be a little bit of fearful of taking a penalty against us or, you know, a five minute major and get undisciplined, which they did a few times, you know, trying to, um, to run a little bit. And, and I know they caught Cole Caulfield a few times. And, you know, when, when that happens, you get into someone else's psyche that completely plays to our advantage because we can go out there and play, you know, a five on four and score a goal, or at least, you know, sustain the minutes with the puck where we're just constantly in their end and peppering their goalie and uh, gaining that momentum. So it was nice also to see through a grinder. Friday was a grinder. They, they were, you know, tight clutching to win two to one. That's going to be more of a playoff game. And you, you probably rarely see a seven nothing game, but you know, for us, I think it proved that we can be built both ways. Hell yeah. Check this out. We got Nelson coming in with a question. Let's hear it. Now. Yes, Coach Strobel, I have a question for you. So after Ooh, that. Coach Strobel, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after that two to one overtime victory, you know, it might have been a little bit uh, demoralizing for Ohio State. Then you came out Saturday and you guys were absolutely suffocating in that first period when all of a sudden, you know, the, the time ticks off that, that first period clock. I had to sit there and think to myself, did I even see Ohio State have a shot on net? And then they flashed that they had just three shots on net for 20 minutes of play. Can you kind of talk about how demoralizing that is for a team to not even really get shots on net? And then finally it was, what, one to nothing after that first? Floodgates open in the second. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I thought the first period on Friday we played really well, and you could kind of – we were feeling them out as – you know, offensively, what do they have? Uh, you know, are they backing up in their end? Do they have bad gap uh, when we zone entry? And you could feel that. And then we kind of got a little bit content, I thought, in the second period where we let them kind of hang around with kind of how they wanted to play. Um, and then, again, we had to obviously go into a stronger third period and then in overtime, fortunate to get a power play to win that game. But as we analyzed Friday night, we knew we could play better. We knew we could get our legs going. We knew we could get more pucks behind their D and expose, uh, you know, the fact that once our forecheck got on, they weren't going to get out of the end. And I, and I thought, you know, the guys did a really good job at executing the game plan better Saturday because of the right way to play. And, and they know how to, you know, to play. We've, we've done it, you know, several games this year. So it's just a matter of checking in, paying that price to do it that right way, and, and you, you'll get that payoff, which uh, was Saturday night for us. Hey, Strobes, i got to ask you, brother. Now, I'm calling you Strobes. Or you know Strobel or Strobies <laughs> is do, do you prefer on air Coach Strobel or like what what's the preferred vernacular of the to I, how I address you I guess I never asked. You know what I don't I don't have any titles man other than <laughs> you know help people every day be a friend to people man you know love others as you love yourself so if it's Coach if it's Stroby if it's Strobes if it's Mark I don't hear Mark a lot so um, well it's just I mean it's, it's a good, hockey man, it's, it's, you're a hockey you guy. Know, from a hockey standpoint, too, it's different for other people. You know, um, some players might call me Coach Strobe. Some call might call me Strobe. Um, <laughs> you know, I like I said, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any specificities uh, in, as far as what you call me. I just, you so, know, I, I'm, 
I, as long as it's not a swear word and you're not pissing <laughs> me. And if you are sometimes, you know, tough bounce. I think it's safe to say, Strobes, you're not a human being. You're a human living. <laughs> you're a human living. Correct. I'm not sure if I can leave this conversation and re-enter through a different phone line like I did last week. <laughs> that was kind of that was a little electric, but right now I'm 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 enjoying our conversation. A human being and a human living. All right, so boys, um, <laughs> uh, Barry, I got to ask you and Strobes. Uh, let me ask you real quick. Um, do you even look at when it comes to potentially winning the Big Ten and like the tiebreakers and the scenarios? Do you even look at it? Because I'm gonna, I kind of want to read it off here, but I don't, if I don't want to go against putting any bad juju on you, do you even look at it? Do you even pay attention to like the tiebreaker scenarios and the scenarios it is to win the Big Ten? I think certain individuals do. You know, just uh, just honesty. I think some players do and some players don't. I mean, it's just the way you're wired. Sometimes it's, it's you know, I, I'll just be focused myself. I'll just be focused on the game because it's like you got to worry about things you can control. Like you can't control what Minnesota is going to do. You don't. It, it, it would be great if they lost two games. But uh, at the same time, it's, uh, you just got to worry about playing good hockey and building on it. You're, you're coming into, you know, you're playing on the road. You're playing against Michigan State. I'm just looking at their what they've done the last, you know, seven or eight games, and they're going to be a wounded dog. And mm-hmm. so this is not going to be an easy game going in there, knowing the coach uh, played with Danton Cole and uh, and just how his teams are. They will not lay down. So I think uh, the focus, you know, for the players has got to be just all right. And once again, a little bit of coach speaking, but it's the first 10 minutes of that Friday night game. <laughs> I mean, that you just got to make sure you get it out and get it in deep and just and then just sort of, you know, grind them down a little bit and, and wear them all. But, yeah. you know, you can't worry about what's going to happen in Minnesota. It's, it's cherry on top, but you just got to keep that confidence right. and keep that play going. I'm going to try this out here. Mark. Dude, yeah, uh, that just doesn't sound right. As a hockey guy, it's got to be, you got to have the nickname in there. Strobies. Yeah. Strobies. There we go. Strobes. There we go. Do you look at any of the scenarios and like you know if Minnesota loses and the, you guys get a you know sweep and then you get this and that? Do you look at the do you look at that stuff where it's like yo we're doing it one practice one game at a time? No, we've we've had the conversation just to see how it works out. And again, as you know, in the COVID uh, season here, we're going by winning percentage, so we're going to end up playing I believe two more games in Minnesota. So we we pretty much figured out very quickly that we obviously have to win two games. Minnesota has to split, um, you know, minimum, obviously. Uh, Michigan has to get one on the road at Minnesota for us to win the Big Ten title with the winning percentage. That's how I understand it. But in the same sense, in my brain as a coach, and what I'm going to continue to emphasize to our team, as well as, you know, I'm sure Tone and Oz feel the same way, it's playoff hockey. We're going in a very tight rink. It's always hard to play at Michigan State on the road. It's going to be physical. Uh, men are men. The most ice bags wins, and and we have to now yeah. engage a mindset that probably not going to be seven nothing, and we're flying around like the ice capades uh, making tic tac toe plays. <laughs> we're going to have to go to the blue paint. We're going to have to defend hard. You know, we're going to have to you know shut them down from any zone entries coming into our end and transition hard and take care of like Barry said. Every period, every shift, every guy has to be dialed in from here on in till till you know, April and, and um, how we're going to, you know, run the table here at the end has got to be on, on us. It's got to be what we control. God, Strobes, you're, you're making another promo for me right now. It's like writing itself with a speech. I, I'm getting <laughs> fired up, dude. Uh, I have to ask, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't. How special is it to have a player like Cole Caulfield? I know everyone on that team is doing their part and just crushing, but Cole Caulfield right now currently leads the nation in both points and goals. Uh, you know, how special is it? 
can I say Hobie Baker? Can can I give it to him right now? How special is it to see Cole Caulfield doing what he does? Barry, you want to go first? Yeah, Barry, we'll start with that. Yeah, well, I I mean, he's right up there for the Hobie Baker. And then, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, Strobes probably knows what Matt, other uh, players are doing out there in terms of out east and everything. But his re- release is absolutely elite, like just world-class in terms of his pinpoint shot and how quick his release is and, uh, and, and where he's putting that puck. I mean, it's on a stick and it's off a stick so quick. And just the, uh, you know, and he's tenacious on the puck. And that's one thing I've noticed the last couple of weeks is that because uh, he's a smaller guy, but he absolutely strips people when they have it, defensemen have it, and he, and he picks up their sticks and he, and he uses his quickness with his hands and he's strong in his hands. And, and those are little things that, you know, people don't see, right? They look at points and everything. But there are some things that he's pretty tenacious in getting that puck back on a four check and just strips the D of it, and all of a sudden, boom, it's off a stick. So, absolutely world-class. I've, I've enjoyed this year. It's been really, really fun to watch. I think last year was probably frustrating for him, mm-hmm. frustrating for the team. And this year, you can see a little bit more fun, you know, in his game, and it's showing. And uh, and I put him right up there. He's got to be one or two for the Hobie Baker. Strobes, give it to me. Give me the coach speak on uh, Cole Coffey. I will be 1,000% biased. Uh, he is your Hobie Baker winner, in my opinion. Yeah. And obviously, I get to work with him every day. I don't need to see uh, the East or, you know, the other Midwest teams. <laughs> I don't. I, I this, this this kid has taken the jump. He's accepted the challenges. Um, he's He is our culture. He, he back checks. He works hard. He's he's positive. Yet at times he knows when to push other guys' buttons to say, "Hey, we got to be better." I mean, uh, I call him our four-star general on the power play, and certainly has helped. But he has taken it upon himself to man up this year. He's having fun. Uh, you know, little little details in his game have just gone up to another level, and that he's worked on the defensive side of the puck, which again has created a lot of his offense. But he has been tenacious on pucks. He's drawn. I think at least a minimum of three majors um, because guys, you know, take shots at his head. They go after him. They try to stop him, and they can't. And right now he is a huge asset along with the extra ingredients we have, which are also very powerful players and could get, you know, uh, many Hobie Baker award-winning trophies. But (laughs) I think in the end what makes Cole really special this year is he's a team guy. He wants the team to win. He wants Wisconsin to win a Big Ten title. He wants the Badgers to win the national championship, and he's realizing that's why he came here. God, how do you not get well, fired hey, up? Evil, yes. evil, let me jump in here. Yeah, please. And I know we're just fo- focusing on Cole Caulfield. And as I, you know, the one thing is also is that there's a player, you know, Dylan Holloway. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe gets sort of, I wouldn't say missed because he's a first-rounder and he's, uh, you know, he'll probably be signing with Edmonton right after the season. But, you know, you take a look at, uh, just what he's done in only 18 games played and points per game. I mean, that's, uh, and, and he's, and he's playing, you know, Cole Caulfield's playing with two really, really good players and Dylan, you know, Dylan Holloway is on the second line with a couple good players. But, you know, I, I think I look at what he does and just, uh, also as a, he's a different type of player. He's a power forward with yeah. skill. Well, and, uh, but only played 18 games, 33 points. He's right up there too in terms of, uh, you know, if he played a full season, we'd have a real interesting discussion. Well, Strobes, I mean, Barry, spot on, brother. And Strobes, I think that goes to just how everyone is bought into the system, right? Everyone's bought into the idea. Everyone's bought into what it means to be a Wisconsin Badger. And when you do that and everyone plays their role correctly and buys in, it allows the stars to shine and flourish, correct? That is exactly right, and that's what's happened this year. And that's, 
that's the um, team that we have. You know, if guys got to be a checking uh, winger, they're doing that and they're doing it to their best of their ability to help the team win. And, you know, again, the complementary players cannot get overlooked when you look at Lindmark and Mersh and Gorniak and a Baker and, um, you know, even Matty D. St. Salas stepped up his game and Sam Stain plays a solid role. And, you know, back on the point, you know, Anthony Kerr has been a stud freshman for us. Um, you know, Emerson, Inamoto, you know, to me, the reason we're having success is because we're playing as a team and guys are happy for each other and, you know, guys are, are, are pulling their weight. And when you have the stars being the best they can be, and you need your best players to be the best they can be, but it's that, that second and third wave when they chip in a goal or when they block a shot or when they kill a big penalty when you need it, when you're up by a goal to keep the, the lead, that's the special ingredients. Plus, don't forget, you know, the, the goaltending has been exceptional. we got a guy that's almost 92%, one that I think is 93 and a half. And we haven't had that in the last few years. We've been about 88%. And to me, that wins and loses your games, and your team plays a different way in front of a goalie that, that can make that extra special save once in a while, as well as the routine ones look routine. I love it, dude. Uh, we started in uh, in the pit of despair when we started the show with Wisconsin Badger basketball, and now we are on top of the mountain like we're Rocky, screaming out Drago and Rocky Four. We want, we want it, Strobel. We want it, Richter. Michigan State, we're coming, baby. And then when you guys come back on air next week, we're going to be talking about the Big Ten tournament, correct? So let's let's get them. Good, best of luck, Strobes. Barry, thanks for joining us. And Strobes, if you can hear it, I do have in honor of you and Bear. And me, because we're going to go once uh, concerts are a thing. Three doors down playing <laughs> for you, Strobies. Crank it up. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> hey. All right, boys. Have a good one. See you. <laughs> See you, boys. There they are. The gruesome twosome. I love it. This is for Strobes. This is for Richter. Turn it on and rip the knob off. For some reason, Strobes has an infinity with uh, three doors down. Interesting. Love it, though. Go Badgers. Yesterday on the podium. We did get to hear from the Packers brass. It was quite some time since we've heard from them. And I got to say, it was uh, it was nice to hear. It was nice to get the Packers, uh, Matt LaFleur, the head coach, the GM, Brian Gutekunst, and we had Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, the first time speaking on the podium. He seemed pretty fired up, dude. Oh, my bad. In fact, Joe Barry, Joe Barry Rowdy, was uh, giving a little insight on himself. Now, if you remember about Joe Barry, he was a part of that Detroit Lions team that went 0-16. He was the yep. D.C., and then he went to the what? The Washington football team and didn't do too well there either, right? Yeah. I think the best defense he had coached in his four years as a DC was ranked 28th. Yes. Yeah. Not good. So, but Joe Barry was talking about himself and how he he likes that. Like he it's learning from it, it's growing from it, it's learning from your mistakes. In fact, I'm going to let Joe Barry say his own words of himself going through that. Here you go. Bill Huber. Hey, Joe. Um, I talked to a few. Bill Huber first. I, I talked to a few of your former players in in Washington and, and the Rams, and and they said that they thought that you would be motivated, not that you wouldn't be be motivated anyway, but you know because of your history of you know Washington, Detroit, you'd be motivated to really show everybody how good of a coach that you are. Is is that true? You know what I I do I appreciate that question. Um, oh, he's already starting on the right foot, Rowdy. I appreciate the question. Hell yeah. I would hope. Um, that any person at, you know, you, I look at the national football league as the, you know, I mean, we're, we're on top of the mountain. This is the best of the best. You know, there's, there. Did you hear what he just said? He's on top of the mountain. Rowdy, where are you? The mountaintop. You're the man on top of the mountain, ain't you? Is Joe Barry rubbing elbows with you up there? 
We have not contacted each other. Must be a big mountain. There's only 32 positions uh, in the world at every position. So um, I would hope that that enough would motivate me or anybody else that that's that's in our organization. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, and, and, and I don't want any of you guys to think that um, I'm, I'm really proud of my scars. I really am. And I think that in life, I think that you're hardened in life by tough experiences. Okay. Hell yeah. Now don't get me wrong. I, I think you can, you can learn a lot from tough, you know, having success and, and, and being, you know, in a good place. But I think when, when true growth takes place, um, I think it's when things are really, really hard. You know, I think it's when, and like Owen 16, and I'm not talking football. I, I talk to my kids about this all the time. I don't, I don't want things to be easy for them. You know, I want it to be challenging. I want it to be tough because again, like I said, I'm liking this guy so far, Rowdy. He don't want no easy way. He wants it hard, tough. I think, I think that's when, when true growth takes place. So, um, and, and, you know, I've had a ton of success, you know, I've, I've won Super Bowls. I've coached in Super Bowls. I've won, uh, you know, uh, division championships, but I think if you're just like anything in life, if, if you do something long Detroit enough, Washington. you're no. going to experience the highest of highs and you're also going to experience the lowest of lows. And I think the number one thing, when you do experience those lows, when you do get those scars. I think now he's talking about Washington and Detroit. Shoot, if you learn from it and, and you grow from it and you expand, then, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to wear sleeves and cover them up. You know, you can oh, wear yeah. them and say, hey, yeah, that, 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 was a, that was a tough experience. That was brutal. That one hurt, you know, but I learned from it. I got better. Uh, I grew. And, uh, you know, I would hope to think that, you know, 36, 37 year old Joe Barry is a lot different than 50 year old Joe Barry. So, um, is he talking to himself in third person? Oh yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm just excited as heck. And, uh, you know, those players that, that you talk to, they know me. I'm excited about every situation. Um, I come to work every day, ready to go. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't stand those guys that you never know when you walk in the building and you see them in the hall, what kind of day is it going to be? Is it going to be an up day? Is it going to be a down day? You know exactly what you're going to get from me every single day. I'm so liking this I'm guy. I'm liking, I like that. He's saying all the right things, but I think the best thing that he said. I like that. In his uh, press conference was the fact that they're going to stick with the three, four. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got more on the scheme coming up here, but I like the fact that Joe Barry's out there saying he's, and he owns up to it. He's like, I like the fact that I've been battle tested, that I have the scars, that I'm going through it. I like the fact that I'm up to the challenge. That that to me is great. You can't shy away from your mistakes. You got to own it, live up to it, and move on. And, and grow. Now, you just, now you just have to live by that and actually uh, take that leap, right? Yes. Because uh, I don't I love think Green it. Bay Green Bay doesn't want to become another scar. No, 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 no. But I like the fact that he's like, you know exactly where I stand day in and day out. You know, nothing worse than the people that are up one day, down the next. You never know what it's going to be. Always, you know, on the roller coaster of emotion that some people live. What are they going to be today? He's like, for me, you know where I stand. You know where I'm at. I like that. Rowdy, here's one for him of of just being appreciative. I loved it. Of being on part of the Green Bay Packers. And he even is trying to dive into Wisconsin culture. You'll get a kick out of this, Rowdy. Because I know that you've done this before, too. But I wonder if you and Joe Barry differ. Because Joe Barry said he's on top of the mountain. Last time I checked on your Twitter bio, you are the man on top of the mountain too. 
So if Joe Barry's up there, maybe you guys see eye to eye on what he talks about here, or maybe you did it differently. Let's hear uh, on from Joe Barry talking about you know being a Packer now. You know, number one, to be able to come to an organization like this, and I, and I really, I'll, I'll come back and answer your question. I I do initially want to, um, you know, I want to thank Coach Lafleur for this for this whole opportunity. Um, in addition to, you know, Mark and and Brian and Russ and really the entire Packer organization and this entire building. Um, it's been I've only been here for two weeks, but it's it's been phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. And I want to thank them for for obviously all that, but. To answer your specific question, I think any time that you come into a situation where it's a really good situation, and what I mean, I'll, I'll define what I mean by a really good situation is that the foundation has been set here. There's a there's an incredible foundation, and um, I think when you have pieces in place, um, when you have an MVP at quarterback, uh, when you're coming into a situation where it's coming, you know it's you're back-to-back NFC champions. Um, I think that's awesome. So, um, to go. answer your question, it's 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 a phenomenal situation for me, and I'm I'm really excited. I I loved the process that Matt and I went through um, in the interview process. Um, I think it was it was as thorough as a process that I've ever been through. Um, it was a little bit different because it was it was a Zoom process, but um, they interviewed for like 14 hours. By the way, hang on. Here here, here it comes, Rowdy. Here it comes. It was great, and I'm I'm very happy to be here. the The people of of Green Bay, this town, as I said, I've only been here for two weeks, right here. but um, it's been phenomenal. I went ice fishing on Saturday, so I, I feel pretty pretty uh, pretty important about myself. Just simply accomplishing that, you know, I didn't catch anything, but I did, you know, I stared at a a hole in the ice for five hours and had. Hi, Rowdy, real quick. So Joe Barry proclaimed himself man on top of the mountain. You were also proclaiming yourself man on top of the mountain. Joe Barry went ice fishing. He said he stared at a hole for a couple hours and didn't catch anything. But you went ice fishing, what, two years ago? Yeah, last year. Do you think you and Joe Barry ice fished the same way? Because last time I checked, I don't even think you brought a pole. I think you just caught a buzz, not any fish. Yeah. I think you went pounding beer out on the ice. He actually was out on the ice. I was still on shore. So you and Joe Barry differ in ice fishing? I was by the fire. <laughs> You're by the fire pounding beers on a pole in your hand, and Joe Barry's out on the ice with a pole in his hand not catching a, a fish or a buzz. Hey, so you guys differ in all, ice fishing? All that matters is we're both ice fishing. <laughs> a blast. So, But very, very happy, very, very excited to be here and can't wait till. You know, whatever the off season's going to be, um, that's that's yet to be determined. But can't wait for the guys to get in here. All right, did Joe Barry actually go ice fishing if he didn't catch a buzz out on the ice? Because here in Wisconsin, ice fishing requires beer and copious amounts of it. So, Joe Barry, if you uh, did not have a beer when you're ice fishing, you weren't truly ice fishing then, brother. And earlier we were talking about, uh, you know, hearing someone's voice and then you kind of have a picture in your head. Yeah. Now, before... Before seeing Joe Barry, just listening to his voice, you know who I would picture in my head of who he would be? Let me just hear it one more time. Um, it's been phenomenal. I went ice fishing on Saturday, so I, I feel pretty pretty, uh, pretty important about myself. Just simply... He kind of sounds like Greg Gard to me. I'm picturing... I, I, can, I, mean, see, I can see that a little bit. Yeah. I'm going with uh, Harvey Dent from... Whoever the actor is that plays Harvey Dent from uh, Dark Knight. Oh, dude. Um, what the hell's his name again? Um, I know this. What the hell's his name? Aaron Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it. Yeah, it's shades of Greg Gard. Publishing that, you know, does. I didn't catch anything, but I did. You know, I stared at a a hole in the ice for five. Well, you should have caught a buzz, brother. That's how you ice fish. Did you catch yourself 
a little buzz. And Rowdy, you said the most important thing in this first clip was his defense, right? Yeah, he said we're we're sticking with the three four, and I think that's a a great decision. Well, Joe Barry dives more into that. Here you go. NFL football, NFL defense. You have to defend all this stuff that you have to defend from NFL offenses in this day and age. And a high percentage of the time, whether you're four three or three four, you have what you referred to as as a star, the the nickel corner position, the third corner on the field. And I'm talking you're you you have that person on the field 80% of the time. So the fact that you're a four three base or a three four base, it really doesn't matter because you know roughly, you know, we're talking rough numbers. You're in you you play a, a football game, you defend you have 65 snaps of a football game. But Rowdy, you were loving the fact that he's keeping that three four defense for the green and gold. And I hope he stays true to when he says I'm running a base 3-4 defense. He actually runs a base 3-4 defense because I think you could easily say a lot of times that uh Mike Pettin, yeah. I don't yes, he said his base was 3-4, but I think you could easily argue that his base was like sub package or or nickel and dime. Well, I have long comp- there's two and one of them's very long on uh Barry's scheme, but here is Barry on the defense he's going to run. This was the last question he had answered in his presser yesterday, and uh, a lot of people with this final thing he said were losing their minds over it. So check it out. Here you go. Defensive football bottom line is about guys killing blocks and getting off blocks. It's about tackling. It's about taking the ball away. Uh, it's about playing with re- not effort, but relentless effort. And um, those are things that we're going to do here. <laughs> and really, it doesn't matter those things. It doesn't matter if you're four. Or three, if you're three, four, if you're Tony Dungy, if you're Vic Fangio, it doesn't matter. Um, those are the things that we're really going to impress upon our guys. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not making a bunch of promises, but I'll promise you the guys will tackle. I promise you they'll get off blocks. Um, I'm, I promise you we're going to do everything humanly possible to go take the ball away. Okay. And get it back in number 12's hands. Um, and we're going to play fast and furious. Fast. And furious, Rowdy. I did see some tweets regarding Fast and Furious. And They're going to play Fast and Furious. And we're going to play Fast and Furious. The Rock. Oh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Um, Paul Walker. See, I would have followed RIP. Up, My follow-up question, if I was sitting there, would have been... What's your favorite Fast and Furious movie? <laughs> no. Tokyo Drift? Because it would be like, what, one through eight? I think around nine now. I think I stopped around Fast Five. Fast Five was when The Rock was introduced. I stopped uh, after Tokyo Drift. That was the third third. one. That was the third one. That was where Mike Winchell, the quarterback in (laughs) Friday Night Lights, was the... Which one when Ludacris joined up? Was that Tokyo Drift or was that number two? I don't remember. And what were you going to say about Barry in the question? (laughs) Uh, Fast and Furious? But yeah, my follow-up question to, to Barry's statement there would be, how exactly are you going to go about having the players tackle better? Because I think you could you could say since they've... Uh, put in these lesser contact days where they're not doing as much tackling that not with the Packers, but just league wide tackling hasn't been as great. Yeah. Now I know it's health, but I think there's a fine line between player health and players actually being able to do their job. Like if you're to, you're on the defense tackling, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think please, that's a please, fine line. Please tackle, please. Let's do that. And we're going to play fast and furious. They're going to play fast. And furious, my friends. I can't wait to see what Joe Barry brings. And we're going to play fast and furious. When the sun goes down. 
and we're going to play fast and furious. This is Joe Barry's defense, and another world comes to life in Title Town. And we're going to play fast and furious. Let's go for a little ride. That's Joe Barry right there, Rowdy. Let's go for less Joe Barry talking to his defense. There they go, screaming out of the field. And Lambo. Look at this. Look at this. This is when cinema peaks. This is yours, but if you win, you get her too. Oh, John Rule's in the movie? I forgot John Rule's in the Rowdy. Michelle Rodriguez, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker. What the hell was that all about? A business deal that went sour. Plus, I made the mistake of sleeping with his sister. Oh, Joe Barry, no! Rowdy, come on, brother. If the lines must be crossed, and Joe Barry's DC of the Green Bay Packers. The whole time when you were playing, when those uh, engines were revving, I honestly was just waiting for what Dom Toledo to say, "Let's ride, let's ride." That's Joe Barry now. Vin Diesel, step aside. We got a new uh, front front man in town for Fast and Furious 10, starring Joe Barry, the Fast and Furious. Look at this dude, unbelievable. Bring it on! Bring it on! Fast and Furious. Uh, what a movie, Rowdy. I'm glad that Joe Barry can uh, take a nod to one of the longest-running franchises of of blowing crap up and flipping cars. Because, my God, I think the last one with The Rock, they were I'm pretty sure they were jumping from skyscraper to skyscraper in yeah, New York. It went from, like, street racers, though, to, like, street racers slash, like, military. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, it well, got like, very bizarre. I think I stopped watching him around Fast Five. That's where I believe they brought in The Rock and Jason Statham. And we're going to play Fast and Furious. That's when you stopped? When you're bringing in The Rock and Jason Statham, are you really about street racing anymore? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, uh, Carl just said it on Twitch. You have Joe Barry dropping this nugget. And we're going to play Fast and Furious. And you have Matt LaFleur saying all gas, no brakes. Uh, dude, these guys must love car racing. They must love the Fast and the Furious franchise. And we're going to play Fast and Furious. Because there's no way that they don't if they're saying all gas, no brakes. We're playing Fast and Furious. I want to know what my, what uh, Nathaniel Hackett's got to say. He must be like, a, I bet you he loves Tokyo Drift. That's when I stopped. Tokyo Drift. Fast and Furious. Now, that that was a franchise that uh, probably should have ended after, you said number five? Four or five, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited Joe Barry to bring it back to actual Packers. really nine. Yeah, dude, there's nine of them. I'm not even kidding. And let's see here. Yeah, F9. It went the Fast Jeez. and the oh, Okay, here you go. Real quick on the Fast and Furious. It went the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious. I think this is when Ludacris came around. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, then Fast and Furious, then Fast 5. Yep, that's the last one I saw. Then Fast and Furious 6, then Furious 7, then The Fate of the Furious, and then F9. And believe it or not, in the works... They have an untitled 10th film and an untitled 11th film. And they have spinoff films. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Then they're going to have an untitled female-led film. And then they're going to have a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. So strap yourselves in, folks. Pun intended. Because Fast and Furious ain't done yet. And we're going to play Fast and Furious. And we also got it in Green Bay. Lord help us all when it comes to these freaking movies. Well, hopefully dude. Joe Barry can be around in Green Bay for as long as the the Fast and Furious franchise has been around in uh, movie cinema. Because if he's around that long, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. If we had a DC that stays around as long as the Fast and Furious franchise has been around, which started in two thousand and one. Well, I take that back. Dom Capers was around for like God, probably the entirety of the Fast and Furious franchise. Joe Barry. 
I'm hoping for the best, brother. I want to see Fast and Furious. Not the movies, but you out there on the field with your defensive unit. <laughs> Brewers baseball. My God, it was absolutely incredible to be listening here. Uh, you know, I know our affiliates carrying this right now. I don't know if you have the Brewers or not. I think they do in, in Clintonville, Shano area. Shout out to my guy, uh, uh, Grassman. But hearing Bob Euchre for the first time, because, he, you know, he, what did he take last year off? Hearing Bob Euchre for the first time yesterday on these airwaves, the FM or the AM dial, doesn't matter, was absolutely incredible. Bob Euchre is, is an icon. He, to me, is my favorite broadcaster ever. Bob Euchre was incredible on these airwaves. And just as Kyle said, I want to go to the Paul Park watching baseball. Me too. Bob Euchre just brings it out of me. The cat is 87 years old, and he's crushing it. But Rowdy, Bob Euchre was saying something when I was listening to the broadcast here. Yelly was up to bat, and Bob Euchre was saying how significantly better Christian Yelich looked Albeit in his first action, I know it was his first action in Cactus League yesterday, but Yelly looked significantly better, taking great cuts. He had like a screamer that got to a double. He was then a pinch hitter or a pinch runner came in from Tyrone Taylor. But Yelly was looking good, Rowdy. I know you had brought it up as well. Yeah. So from what I gather too, I uh, I heard that his first at bat he hit one to deep left field. Yep. It didn't with, didn't go out. But yeah, it didn't go out, but it was deep left field with good contact. And then the very next at bat is where he whistled one down the right field line for a double, and then, yep, they gave him the... Yeah, Tyrone Taylor came in, pinch runner. But it was Christian Yelich, who Bob Uecker was just, like, glowing over because he looked so much better than last year. And then another player that we were really curious on, uh, how we perform after having some down years, was the mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw. Yeah, and Travis Shaw came up there, had a walk, had another at bat, and he got a hit, drove in a run, and... I would say so far through his first two appearances, which is obviously limited since he's only had what four ish at bats. Yeah. He's looked closer to the 2017, 2018 Travis Shaw through two games of spring training, which doesn't mean a ton, but it's a positive sign because he doesn't look as messed up as he did in 2019. He didn't look so much like his wires are crossed and he doesn't know what's going on. He looked closer to the Travis Shaw that we remember from the the good old days. Yeah, now I know the Brewers didn't win yesterday uh, against the A's. They ended up losing 2-1. to one. They had the chances at the end. There was only a seven-inning game. But, you know, it's, it's spring training. But, Rowdy, there's not really anything that is a big negative coming out here. Uh, I guess, you know, Lynn Bloom gave up the run right away uh, in the first inning. But, again, it's it's – you know, strikeout as well, but again, it's spring training. But I don't think there's really been any negatives so far from the Brewers in the short season that is the Cactus League right now. There's just been all positives because last year the negatives reared their ugly head from you know specifically the offense. But the offense, I know they only scored one run yesterday, but the 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 culprits last year, the superstars, if you will, the guys that you wanted to be good, who were down, have already just started looking better, and we're three games in. Yeah. You just said it. We're three games in, but we've all been kind of waiting on what are we going to get from some of these bats that really had down seasons. And obviously, Colton Wong just had one at bat. He's the new addition. He can't really take much from that. But you look at the rest of the guys that were there the year before, obviously, Garcia's got a home run and, for the most part, has hit the ball well. Uh, You had Christian Yelich in his first two at uh, plate appearances looking like the old Christian Yelich. You had Castaneda, who in his very first at bat of spring hit a home run. Travis Shaw looks closer to his old version. Omar Narvaez has had multiple hits. Manny Pena hit a home run. 
a lot of the guys that you had a lot of question marks <laughs> on so far through three games in spring training. Hell yeah. Have been playing well. Yeah, they lost, but when you look at the the pitching staff and the guys that threw yesterday, you talked about how Lindblom gave up one run in one inning. Yeah, okay, whatever. It's yeah, his whatever, first appearance. Yeah. But then you look at some of the next guys up out of relief for Lindblom, and those were guys that were big league in the bullpen last year for the Brewers. You had J.P. Fireisen, guy that's actually from River Falls, Wisconsin. Hell yeah. He put it. He threw an inning, struck out a batter. Bobby Wall's a guy they've been waiting on for about two years who's had a lot of upside with the Mets but could never stay healthy. Bickford. He threw a, an inning. Black, Ray Black. Bickford was a guy that I believe they was a bigger prospect they got in that um, Will Smith deal, if I remember correctly, to the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, you're getting jiggy with it. He's had some... He did test positive for PEDs and had some injuries. So hey, good for him. They've kind Trying of been, to get that edge. They've been waiting for him to see if he really comes along. He was a fringe guy that might have made the roster last year. He came in. He's kind of in the same position this year. Threw an inning, didn't give up much. Ray Black, a guy they acquired in that uh, yeah. trade with, uh, was it the. That was oh, who, it was for uh, Pomerantz. Pomerantz yeah, was in that deal Drew too. Drew Pomerantz. Yeah, Ray Black had what, a strikeout in one inning work. And then, um, what, Milner? Then Jenkins after Yeah, that. and th- those two f- latter guys are, are just kind of the guys that are yeah, up with the club. Te- but every, everyone else were guys that has a good possibility of making the club. Josh Lindblom was really the only guy of those names that uh, gave up a run. So, yeah, so far I'd say pitching Everything's been and hitting, good. everything for the Brewers has been a positive. Now, I know they only scored one run yesterday, but the Brewers actually had five hits. They had more hits than uh, the Oakland A's. It was just, you know, the A's scored in the first and the seventh. And Brewers, we'll had the, to, Brewers could have won at this bottom of the seventh. And but. we'll get to see more today because it's the first televised game, and, and it's guess against what? the Padres. And it's eight innings, Rowdy. We went from six, eight, seven yesterday. We're back to eight innings again. So uh, we got an eight-inning game, and it will be on TV. Um, oh, I did hear an update on uh, Brandon go. Woodruff. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff. He was supposed to be the starter he yesterday. Back, he had back stiff. But yeah, back was a uh, stiff. They don't. They don't think it's very serious. They think it's minor. And he, I believe, was scheduled to throw a simulated game after the game. So it sounds like it yeah, could have been that bad. And uh, this said right here, uh, Brandon Woodruff is back on the mound today for a bullpen after some back stiffness and a stiffness set him back a couple days. He's trending for a start, sort of. By the weekend, so his bullpen went well. He's back on track to pitch either Thursday or Friday. So we'll see. Yeah, so that I mean that's good news. It's not something where it's not well. At least it doesn't sound like it's something where oh, this is going to be nagging him for the whole time. It was just the first throws. Eh, maybe it's a little tight, a little precaution. Maybe not throw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll be fine. But nice to see you know Colton Wong and Christian Yelich making their spring spring debuts yesterday. Let's see. Yelly, that stick was looking good. I know uh, he just had the double, but still, it's, that's well, it's a good thing, obviously. So it's nice to see Yelly getting around. But it's everything so far has been has been positive for your Milwaukee Brewers, especially in a year last year where there wasn't there wasn't a lot of positives, especially offensively. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. Padres coming. Padres are going to be a good team. So we'll yeah, and I'm see I'm, today. I'm curious to see who plays for the the Brewers today and who's going to be playing for the San Diego Padres because in the first two games, the Brewers had probably about four to five guys that were playing in the field that you would expect to be on the roster. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the pitching. It was about 50% of the guys that threw were guys that you would expect to be on the roster. The other 50 were just kind of rounding out your uh, spring training facility. Yep. 
Yesterday against the A's, they had more guys that would more, most likely be on the roster play. Obviously, it wasn't the result they wanted, but it was more experience, another spring training game to uh, loosen up. I'm excited to see if both the Padres and Brewers kind of go a little bit because we haven't seen Lorenzo Cain yet. I don't no, think yeah, they we wanted, haven't. Nobody say he's still getting his legs. Yeah, and I think they said they were going to hold him off until the weekend. We haven't seen the Woodruffs yet, but he's had back sniffness. It'd be kind of nice to see if there was a – Instead of four or five guys that might make the rosters for both teams, eh, maybe six, seven, or eight. Totally. Get more of a, a feel for the game, and you know it's dangerous. FanDuel has officially started putting uh, spring spring training Uh-oh. lines out there. Brewers plus 125 on the money line today against the Padres. You're going to start diving into some uh, FanDuel spring training lines, Rowdy? You just got a winner over with Purdue last night. I've done it before, but uh, we're, we're going to keep uh, monitoring the situation. Remind me, because at um, at six fifty we we had a call, so we had to we brushed over the Razor's edge. Who'd you bet on again? We took Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. We that's just what took it was. them twenty minutes ago. Yeah, I was I couldn't remember exactly. Penn State, Penn State. minus four and a half. So no no spring training, no cactus league lines be taken today. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. All right, so yeah, it's pretty cool to see there as baseball is back, baby. It's back. John Wicks are the best. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Oh, Brewers old friend, Gio Gonzalez. Got a minor league deal with the Marlins, I just saw. Look at that. And, Rowdy, what is this? Why is Major League Baseball delaying the AAA season at least a month? What, what, what's wrong <laughs> with that? It doesn't make sense. I swear Major League Baseball is trying to eat themselves. Are, does Major League Baseball just want to do away with like all their triple and, and double and single A? Like, Which is only going to make their product at the big league level worse. Why are you delaying it one month? Like, I understand. So, okay, they have... Rookie ball, extended rookie ball, low A, high A, double A, triple A, Major League Baseball. I mean, that right there is like seven levels. And then there's fall leagues and all this other stuff. I understand maybe cutting back on some of them. You still have to have a minor league system. You can't just have these these random 30, like you know, 30, 30 guys rosters a, on a big league uh, site and then 30 at a minor league, at a site, minor league like summer it. camp site. You got to have at least some minor leagues. At least keep low A, double uh, A, triple A. Nope. We're Major delaying leagues. it. We're delaying it at least one month, the league says. Why? Major League Baseball isn't trying to flourish. They're their own worst enemy. 